Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Of house, God's house. How do we uh, make sure that God moves in? Did you know you can guarantee a move of God? You can. Just build the house according to his blueprints and his instructions, and he's obligated to move in. Because he, see, this is what we do in America. We build a church, and then we ask God to bless it backwards. What we need to do is build it his way, and then it's guaranteed that he'll bless it, and then we just walk in and enjoy what he's establishing in our midst, right? So we've been talking about that, and we begin to say, well, how do we do that? And we begin to learn some really powerful lessons. The, like, like this, we learned that God, he, he has a big, big house with lots and lots of room and a big, big table with lots and lots. Y'all don't know that song. I'm just joking. That's one of the most profound Christian songs ever written with a big, big yard where we can play football. That's not what we've been learning. Let me tell you what we've been learning. We learned, come on, y'all wake up now. Get with me. Y'all, the first crowd was with me. you got to be with me this morning. Uh, we learned this, that God's house operates on rules. His rules are these, authority. That is the number one rule that his kingdom, his house, operates on. We said that there are three authority figures. God's word, number one, always preeminent and prominent. We answer to his word. Second is our conscience. Our conscience has to line up with his word. Our conscience never overrides his word. It verifies what we've learned out of his word. And so we answer to our conscience. And then third, the one that nobody likes to talk about, delegated authority. There are people that God has placed in our life, delegated authority, that as long as it lines up with the word, we respond. We said that there are house manners, that we just don't live any way we want to anymore. We handle each other differently. And so you remember the four R's. We regard one another. I no longer regard you after the flesh. I regard you after the spirit. I respect you. I treat you better than what you even think you should be treated because I respect you. And we resolve of our issues because there are issues and so we're not afraid to get in one another's presence and say I've got this problem with you and you can say I've got this problem with you but we do it with the eye towards resolution or with grace we extend grace told you we had to build a model house a model house is furnished so we furnish his house with a place of rest a bed we play we furnish it with a place of communion a table we furnish it with a place of trust a chair we furnish it with light we bathe in his word and when we do that it furnishes his house and he moves in then i challenged you to get off the parade of home circuit there is an assigned place for you some of you just been attending church anywhere, just been driving down the road. Well, this one looks good. I'll go visit there. And then you visit this one. And vi no, no, no. There is an assigned house for you. You've got to find that place and get locked in because at the moment you do, the favor that is on that house flows down into your life, and it's a safe place for you. Then last week, I, I preached my guts out. Yeah, I did. I preached myself so hard that, that uh, by Wednesday I was still feeling the effects. I read to you out of Haggai. That what we have to do is that 
there is a call to us that now is the time to rebuild the house of God. The housing market says, no, don't build right now. Everybody's apathetic. Everybody's lethargic. You've only got 50 minutes and then let me go. But I declare to you, there is a remnant of people that are so hungry for the presence of God that we can build his house right now and they will be called in. And at the moment we get the priorities right in our life, glory comes and presence comes, and provision comes, and peace comes. And so I want us to try. I'm going to do my best to wrap up this morning if I can and talk to you a little differently. We've been talking about how do we build it so that God will move in. This morning I want us to switch tracks and talk this way. Now that we understand all this and we're structuring the house this way, what happens when he actually moves in. Because, see, it's not enough to make preparations for him. we got to prepare to handle him when he gets here. Oh, I got one. That's right, out of that. See, what we do is we want to spend all of our time getting ready, and then when he shows up, most of us have experienced him so many ways that we become hardened to his presence. And when he shows up, we either ignore it or walk right past it and don't even realize he's here. And so we got to make preparations for his presence. He is coming. He's here. We just got to recognize it and we got to know what to look for so that when he is here, we will know it. And so I want to talk to you this morning and look at three instances in the New Testament where God made a house call. Because I believe that God is getting ready to make a house call here and we need to be prepared. Mark chapter 2. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. It'll be on the screen for you. Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1 verse, and then through verse 5 says, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them, and they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Mark chapter 5, verse 38 through 42 is the second house call. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. And he went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep, but they laughed at him. Listen to this. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and he went in where the child was, and he took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this time, they were completely astonished. And then finally, the third house call in Luke chapter 10 Verse 38 through 42, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations they had to, that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. How do we know when God is making a house call here? 
several lessons that I learned from these passages of Scripture. First, in Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, I learned something. When God shows up, he fills the house. Think about that just a moment. The Bible says that when they walked into the house and word got out that Jesus was there, that the house was so full that nobody could get in. I came to tell you this morning that when God decides to show up at Passion Church in all of his power and all of his presence and all of his goodness and all of his might, when God shows up, space moves out. So I understand that some of you like some space around you and you need some personal space. But if you need your personal space, I would encourage you to go find a church where God hasn't shown up in 35 years because there will be plenty of room there. But that is not this house. That's why I have problems with all the empty chairs next to you. That's why I am pushing you to fill out your mover card because when God begins to move in this house, this house will be filled. See, I, I want you to understand this morning that God is not going to fill this house because of our programs or because of our slick advertisement. Should we have programs? Oh, yeah. Will we use advertisement? Absolutely. We want to voice abroad what God is doing here. But God will not fill his house based upon programming or based upon advertising or based upon our reputation or based upon our talents or based upon our looks or based upon our good name. God will show up and fill this house because of his glory. And so we have to cooperate with him. Who's he going to use to fill up this house? You. That's absolutely right. I, I, I'm embarrassed. I, I, I admitted this in the um, first service, and I'm embarrassed to admit it now, but I'm going to because I feel like I should. I read several years ago that the average American preacher, which I'm one of, no longer knows unsaved people. That on the average, we only know seven people that don't know Christ as their personal Savior. That's the preacher. Because why? I spend all my time with you. And you're saved. And so I began, I said, that's a bunch of baloney until I started to sit down and fill out my movers card. I'm still praying about it because I got to six and realized I don't know anybody else that doesn't know Jesus. So what does that mean? That means I need you to get involved because guess who you work with? Guess who you go to school with? Guess who lives next to you? People that are not saved and God wants to fill this house and to do that he will use you and so we've got to allow him to fill this place with people second thing I recognize this morning is I love this passage in Mark it says and again he entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noised I love the word noised because that makes room for my singing um some of you that have heard me understand. And it was noise that he was in the house. It teaches me this, that everywhere Jesus goes, he creates noise in the house. If you want a quiet, containable, neat, packaged, dull, predictable, don't bother me, no volume house, then Jesus cannot be on the invitation list because everywhere Jesus goes, there is a commotion that takes place and the volume goes up and we cannot contain him. I got news for you this morning. You can't housebreak Jesus. See, what we do is we want to run his house like our house. We want to invite him in and then control him. 
What we want to do is what we do in our natural house. If we're having company over, I know y'all don't do this. This is just me. What we, you know, what, what, I know, I, I, I'm telling on myself, I, I push stuff up under the bed and stick stuff in the closet. And y'all can't go in that room because that's a special room. The anointing is there. Don't go in that room. Yeah, right. Uh, there, there's others, you know, all my junk is in there. And that's what we do. We put our best foot forward. But what I am declaring to you today is that when Jesus comes into the house, there are no ways to contain him. He will go to every Every place in our house and noise will erupt and he will fix all of man he exposes us noise we don't like noise see I, I'm just convinced that Jesus is dead set on busting our box I, I, I'm convinced that when Jesus shows up the roof gets torn off that our nice, neat, little packaged, comfortable area of worship gets messed up because Jesus will not become constrained by our bulletin or our set agenda. He's bigger than all of that. He will bust all of that out. And there will be noise. So if you want a quiet service or a, a, a dignified service or containable service, then, then what you need to do is get your invitation list out and invite the scholars and the, the mathematicians and the, the, the politicians and all, the, the, all those kind of folks. But Jesus cannot be on the invitation list because at the moment that you write, I want Jesus to come into my house, everything gets messed up, we think that Jesus messes us up to get into the house, I'm telling you, once he gets into the house, he messes everything up. So I'm not looking for a 9.15 sharp, 11.15 sharp, 12 o'clock dull service. I'm looking for a service where Jesus will come in and tear this place up. I just got news for you. You're not going to get much sleep here during church. Not going to happen. We will raise the volume. My question to you this morning is how many of you have made any noise lately about the fact that Jesus is in the house? That's what we got to do. The third thing that Jesus does, I don't like. You won't like it either because what he does is every time Jesus enters a house, he attracts sick folks. So what that means is if you want to go to church with perfect perfect people and sit next to people that are unblemished that have no issues and that have no hang-ups and have no addictions and have no broken areas and aren't handicapped in their life if you want to go to the people church with people that are always perfect you're in the wrong house because when jesus walks in sick folks flock to see him and we say well what does that have to do with us that means that you're not going to be able to go to church with people that look like you and smell like you and act like you. What's going to happen when people start coming that don't act the way you were taught to act in church? I was taught that I couldn't run in church, but what if they come in here and start running? I was taught that you couldn't stand up and move around while the preacher was preaching. It was out of respect and honor. But what if somebody walks in that's sick and they don't know any better? Will it bust your comfort zone to the point that you forget that Jesus is here what does that mean when a drunk person oh come on I, I went back and I began to say say okay Jesus what kind of folks did you hang around prostitutes uh, I, quiet section of the message can't get an amen here I'm gonna write that down in my notes prostitutes and drunks and lepers you know what a leper is today it's somebody with AIDS what happens when they come in the house 
What, what happens when people come in? The, those are the people that Jesus hung around all the time. That means you're going to be rubbing shoulders with them. That means you might actually have to sit next to somebody that doesn't smell real great. That means that somebody off the street might walk in sick and diseased and messed up and sit next to, God forbid, sit next to your kid. That means during praise and worship, I can't praise and worship. Somebody might steal my purse. It could happen. Why? Because sick folks will come into the house when Jesus is here. If you want to go to church with somebody that looks like you and acts like you and is as pretty as you are and all cleaned up, that's fine. I just feel like God is calling us to become a place where we can open up the doors and say, whosoever will, with all of your conditions, with all of your baggage, with all of your addictions, with all of your brokenness, come on in here. Because when you know that when you get in here, here's the caveat, Jesus attracted sick folks, but when they got in touch with him, they didn't leave sick. And so when people walk in here and they're broken and they're diseased and they're downcast, we're going to give them Jesus. And when we do, they're going to walk out differently. The third thing I, or fourth thing I've learned is this. <laughs> we don't like this one. I, it's going to get real quiet right here, I understand. Because when Jesus shows up in the house, he pushes aside or pushes out religious folks. See, I, I, I hate to break it to you, but when Jesus shows up, there are going to be some religious folks here that ain't going to like it. When, 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 when sick folks get preferential treatment, oh, y'all didn't hear me. When the person comes in that's messed up and you don't get to get your praise on, and I, I and you, oh, if I could just get to Pastor Steve and lay my hands. No, I'm over here praying for somebody that's really sick. You just want to fix. I'm, I'm praying for somebody that's life is devastated. I mean, you're going to, oh, I don't like it when he doesn't talk. The pastor didn't even talk to me this week. That's all right. I was talking to somebody that was sick, but religious folks will rise up and say, we can't do church like that. When the volume goes up or when the box is broken and here, here's the death knell of a church. We've never done it that way. Well, we're going to do it ways it's never been done. Religious folks will rise up when we go off the plan and we don't do it according to the bulletin. When we get to that place, the religious folks in the room will squawk. And Jesus had this thing that when he would go into a house... He would not allow people who distract or people who doubt to stick around. See, Jesus lives in a place or an environment of expectation. My favorite quote is this, that the atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. And Jesus is committed to living in an atmosphere of expectancy. And religious folks don't expect squat. We're just doing our church thing. We ain't just doing a church thing here. We're going to do things differently. Don't be surprised when the doubters leave quickly. Don't be surprised when religious folks bolt out of here and try to get out of this place because we're not religious enough for them. That's all right because we're trying to get sick folks here. Jesus will push those folks out. The other thing I've learned is this. Everywhere Jesus went, every house he entered, he produced life. Have you noticed that Jesus never conducted a funeral? In fact, he had this uncanny habit of breaking every funeral up and turning them into a party. 
See, when Jesus is in the house, we will know it because when we finish doing our church thing, we will know Jesus is here because things that were dead will suddenly be alive. That means for you, if your dream is dead and you come in here, if Jesus is in this house, by the time you leave, your dream should be alive. That means that broken, dead marriages should come alive. That means sick bodies should find healing. That means hurt people should find wholeness. That means addicted people should find freedom and deliverance because every time Jesus gets into the house, life comes in with him. The Bible says that Jesus is the truth and he's the way and he's the what? The life. And so if we just do church as normal, you can come in here dead and leave dead. But if Jesus has walked in with you, see, that's the reality this morning. I got news for you. Jesus hadn't been camping out here all week waiting for us to get back. He's been in you. The Bible says that we are living stones. He forms us together so that when we walk in that door, he builds a house for himself. And the Jesus in you responds to the Jesus in me. And life is produced. And so he's placing us all together. So that means that life has to come in with you. That means you have to prepare before you get here, I'm ragging on the worship team all the time about being prepared when they get here. But it's not just on the worship team. It's on you too. you got to walk in here with life coming out of you so that the sick folks you're sitting next to will experience life. He produces life. The next thing he does is this. I preached about this last week. But I want you to understand this is not a one-week message. This is what happens every time Jesus shows up in the house. Here it is. He reveals priorities. You'll remember the story of Martha and Mary. Jesus in the house reveals the priorities of Martha's life. See, I've learned something. Jesus' priority is our priorities. The priority of Jesus' life is to examine our priorities. So therefore, when we come to church, it's not about me getting up here and making you feel good. If you want to feel good, flip on religious broadcasting during the week and they'll tell you that you're destined to have a gold Cadillac and a mansion on a hilltop somewhere. But what I've discovered is that Jesus is in the business of exposing us for who we really are. And so when we come together like this, we deal with the fact that there is sin in our life and there are issues in our life and our priorities get revealed that's why I can't just stand up here oh I want you to know it's going to be all right and I want you to know that the better days are coming I want you to know that great things are on the way but I also want you to understand that there is an exposing element of God's word therefore when we get together like this on a weekly basis Jesus will expose our priorities and in the midst of services like this he is asking us once again What's the one thing that's necessary? That's when we get right down to brass tacks and understand that we've got to choose Him. In other words, what I'm saying to you this morning is you don't get to come to this church and hide out. See, I know how we do church. I can survive any worship service. I've survived them with the best of them. I can come in and get my praise on, never change anything, walk out. People ask you, how you doing? Say, oh, I'm blessed, and walk out of here and be no different than when you came in. We learn to hide out in his presence. What I'm saying is those days are over for you. 
if you're going to be a part of this house, we are going to expose the issues and the deal in our life that needs to be exposed. And then finally, the last thing I learned is this, and it's an important lesson. Hear me this morning. In every house that Jesus went into, he produced worship. I got news for you this morning. When Jesus is in the house, there will be worship. We won't be able to contain it. We won't be able to stop it. We won't be able to refuse it. We will have to get involved. If Jesus is in the house, it's not enough for the worship team to worship him. If Jesus is in our house, it will produce worship in all of us, and we will not be able to contain it. See, we know about Habitat for Humanity. But can I tell you this morning, there's a key element to Habitat for Divinity. The Bible says that that the Lord inhabits moves in, sets up residence in the praises of his people. And if we want God to stay here, if we want God's presence, if we want God's glory, then the prerequisite is that we worship and we praise. See, I'm convinced of this. There are two elements of services there are worship moments where we're called into his presence and we worship him but there are also praise moments i can tell when a church is maturing because although they love to worship they walk through the doors ready to praise they they can't hardly stand it nobody has to sing a perfect note nobody has to hit the right note on the keyboard nobody has to stand here like a cheerleader and crank you up when you walk in from the parking lot there's already a praise that's coming out of your mouth and you're excited about being in his presence, not because of what he does, but because of who he is. Justin Cornwall is a gentleman that writes, and he uh, he's an author, and he, he's written several great books. He did a study on worship. I, I, I can't, uh, you know, I, I take him at his word. He's got some of the most powerful thoughts on the Old Testament tabernacle that I've ever read, and I, I can't verify that this one is true, but I think it paints a great word picture for us. He says that in his studies, he discovered that in the Old Testament, when the incense was being burned on the altar, which represents worship, when the the aroma, the smell, the perfume of the incense was going up into the air, it would mingle with the aroma of the anointing oil. You'll remember that they would pour anointing oil over the priest. It had its own, it was almost like perfume. It had its own distinct aroma. He says that when you would mingle the incense, the aroma of the incense with the aroma of the oil, something interesting happened. What would happen, he says, is that the goats that were there that were being used for sacrifice would have an allergic reaction to the aroma produced and they would begin to cough and wheeze. But the sheep didn't seem to be bothered by it. <laughs> Y'all know where I'm going. Well, I, I just didn't like the way they sang that song. <coughs> they didn't sing my song this morning. <coughs> I, I don't like their volume. <coughs> so are you a goat? Or are you a sheep? 
Because if you can sense as a sheep that it is genuine worship, whether you like the style or like the rhythm or like the volume or not, if you are a sheep, something will respond in you and you will worship in kind. If you are a goat, you will have an allergic reaction to it and you won't be able to stand it. And the bad news is, is that is contagious. Uh, let me share my life. Uh, Julie and I went to work at a church. It was a beautiful church, probably one of the most beautiful churches I've ever worked in, a little bit more formal than this one, slightly. Um, I wore a suit Sunday morning, suit Sunday night, very prompt, pomp and circumstance. They, they had an organ. They paid more money for the organ than they paid me all year. I don't, you know, say what you will. <laughs> it was an awesome organ. Uh, but in this, in this church, the, the pastor would sit in these, you've seen them, these thrones, uh, pews, whatever you want to call them. And he would sit there. And so I arrived. I, I was kind of green behind the ears a little bit. And I arrived. And, and so I, Sunday morning, he motions me. My first Sunday morning in church, he motions me. I come up and I sit next to him. There's a choir behind us. I got nothing against choirs. We sit down, waiting on the service to start. The first worship course has started. The note is hit, and being green like I was, I jumped to my feet, ready to worship. And at that moment, in my nice suit, I felt something tugging on my leg. And I was like, what in the world is going on? Somebody, and I looked down, and the pastor has got a hold of my pantsuit, and he's pulling on me. And I leaned down to hear what he's saying, and he says, we don't do that here because when you stand up, they can't see the choir. I'm sorry. I didn't come to see the choir. Most of them are asleep or clipping their nails anyway. And so I did what I'm supposed to do, and I set myself down. And I sat there for four years. And after being there for four years, it's contagious, y'all. I sat there for four years. And in the fourth year, I, I, I'm sitting there and we, we brought in a new pastor. And he takes the stage and he sits down next to me. And the first note starts. And guess what? He jumps to his feet. And I reach over. And I grab his pant leg. And I start pulling on it. And he looks at me and says, what's wrong? I said, we don't do that here. When you stand up, they can't see the choir. And he looked at me and he said, as long as I'm the pastor, I will worship. I didn't come to see the choir. You say, well, what does that have to do with me? I'm just telling you it's contagious. If you're a goat, you will rub off on those around you and they'll have an allergic reaction to worship. But if you are a sheep, it won't matter how good or how, oh, I'm going to be real corny right now. I know I'm never corny, but give me a lounge. It, it doesn't matter how bad the worship is. If you are a sheep, you will, there will something happen. Oh, I know I'm corny this morning, but that's all right. I like my corniness because if you would just become the sheep that God has called you to become at the first note, worship would rise up in you. That's how we know Jesus is in the house. We know he's in the house because there won't be any room left. We know he's in the house because sick folks will begin to flock to this place. Not because of our billboards, but because his presence is here. He won't allow you to stay if you're a distractor or a doubter. It's going to get noisy in here, y'all. That's why we provide you earplugs. It's already noisy in here, but it's going to go up. 
And he's going to produce life here. But most importantly, he's going to establish his house. And sick folks are going to get healed. And life is going to come. And together, black people and white people and Hispanic people and Asian people, we're all going to come together. And whether we like the style or not, something is going to happen. And our sheepiness is going to overtake us. And we're going to love the worship. And we're going to worship together. When he moves in. You know, when we buy a new house, what we do is we go to a bank and we sign our life away. Y'all, if you ain't ever done it, you just wait about an hour and a half of just signing your name. Signing. But what you do is you set a move-in date. We're going to move in on February whatever. I just came by to tell you that I have declared a move-in day for God. You want to know when it is? Right now. Why wait? Why put it off? Let's get this structure right. Let's allow his grace to fill this place and draw people into this place. I, I, one more thing and I'm done. Let me tell you what's going to happen to some of you. And you've got to get over this. I, I'm preaching real good right now. I, I want you to hear me. If you're not careful when the sick folks begin to come and they begin to worship in ways that you're not used to, it's going to offend you. Like what's going to happen when some young man gets up here who's been set free and he begins to do this and do this and do, do that and jump over this one during praise and worship. If you'd been set free from what he'd been set free from, the sheepiness in you would go, oh, that's worship, that's worship, and i got to join his house, his way. Listen, if you want it your way, go to Burger King. This ain't Burger King, baby. This is his house. And so I got to worship. I got to worship. Well, Y'all went awful long today in worship. That's all right. It's his house. That's what I want. I want God to show up in all of his power and all of his glory, and all of his might. And what I want to do is I'm longing for the day when I can just stand back, put the microphone down, and watch what he's doing in our midst. we got to build that together. Would you stand with me this morning? God, we ask you, we ask you, we implore of you, move in today. We want to see the signs that are evident and that speak to us that you're here. Fill this place up with all of our programming, all of our gimmicks, all of our advertising. We will never be able to fill this place up. But with your glory, if your glory would reside in this place, word, noise would begin to be raised up around us and people from all over, all the sick folks, broken folks, addicted folks, hurt folks, Pained folks, dead folks, they would come and sit down next to me. I'd have to rub shoulders with them. I'm all right with that, God. I declare over my body this morning, over this congregation, we're all right. Send us who you will. We'll make room for them. God, I pray that every doubter would be encouraged to believe I pray that every religious folk standing under the sound of my voice would realign their priorities and understand this is about you it's not about me 
produce life in this place. Produce worship in this place. Could you take about 15 or 20 seconds and just begin to worship Him? I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. That the sheep part of me cries out on your name, oh God. I declare you're worthy, you're worthy. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. I can't contain you, God. I can't house break or house train you, God. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I exalt your name. There's nobody like you. I call on your name, God. I call on your name, Jesus. Come on, I sense worship rising in somebody this morning. We're not going to take long here. We're going to give our movers a chance to make a move this morning. But I sense worship rising in someone. Let worship arise in you. Jesus is here. He always produces worship. One thing, one thing. Reveal our priorities this morning, God. To worship you, I worship you. we give you the right to move in adjust our concepts of church build your house right here help us to live by house rules to operate by house manners to furnish your home to find our assigned place to get your house in priority in our life again and Father, we know that when that happens, we will know that you have moved in by the fact that we will discover that there is a house call. And sick folks, sick folks will bust down the door, tear off a roof, push past the religious folks to get in to your presence. We long for that day, God started in us today. Mike, come on. We're going to pray for our movers this morning. Every great thou. I have a short story. I was in college and I took a uh, job as a, took a job, a summer job, tearing down an abandoned storage building. And uh, me and another young man were in that building and we were tearing it down and we kept hearing something moving. And um, it was a we kept pulling things out and pulling all the stuff that was in there out. We kept hearing something moving. And so finally we got to a back corner and we moved a piece of wood and there was a possum back there and it was hissing and growling and, and we, it startled us and then we finally killed it. And, and after we did that, we kicked it. And it was just laying there dead with his eyes open, just looking. We kicked it. We moved it. It was dead. And so we went over to the other way to get more things. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of our eye, we saw it jump up and dart out of the door. It was playing possum. I felt 
feel like a lot of us are dealing with that. Some of us in here tonight are dealing with that. We've been hiding, going further and further, further into a corner. And finally we were exposed and, and Satan tried to beat us down and kill us. And we tried to fight and hiss and growl as long as we could. But it got to the point where you felt like if I just lay here and act like I'm dead, they won't, he won't beat on me anymore. The devil won't torment me, torment me anymore. But what I realized is that I was blocking the possum's way of escape. So we played dead long enough for me to move out of his way and get far enough away from me, up for, from him, that he could get up out of there. And I feel like a lot of, some of you don't realize today that your Satan is far enough away from you that there is a way of escape. There's an opportunity for you to make a move today towards the way of escape. And that way of escape is Jesus Christ. He died on the cross. He hung there for all of your sins. And he rose with salvation in his hand. If you haven't made a move towards, your, towards the salvation of Jesus Christ, today is your opportunity. If you haven't made a move, this is how you do it. Just lift your hand. Just lift your hand. If you haven't made a move and you want to make a move, if our prayer counselors are here, you see those with their hands lifted. If you would go to them right now. If you would go to them right now. I want you to pray with me. We're going to pray a simple prayer. Simple prayer. Lord Jesus, pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you for rising on the third day. Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I fell short of your glory. But you dying took my sins. And you rising gave me salvation. Father, I believe your word. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose for me. And Father, now... I'm saved, and I believe that you're taking away things in me that I can't take away myself. Father, I repent of all my wrong, and I submit my life to you. Father, I praise you for what you've done for me. I praise you for what you've done for me. I praise you for what you've done for me. Somebody give God praise in here. Give God praise in here. Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress.